Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, the gardeners are here. Everybody gardens. Doug Oster, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Mill Moore. But now with the Tribune Review and also Jessica Walliser is here of the Tribune Review. Doug, I got to ask you, do people still think, they say to me all the time, Post-Gazette, Post-Gazette, you're now at the Tribune Review, but you're basically doing those great videos still. Yeah, it's only been three years, so... (laughs) I'm still having people come up to me. I know though. it takes a long time for people to find you, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, uh, it was a great uh, great move for me. I'm really happy, and uh, the Everybody Garden site where you can't get the paper anymore. That's where you can just read everything I'm doing, everything I'm doing online, and yeah, having a lot of fun doing the, those videos. That's for sure. All right, now listen. If you want to be on the program with Doug and Jess today, give us a call eight six six. 391-1020 or dollarbankinstantaccesskdka.com. And right now, we are going to take the 10th caller, and that person will win a $25 gift certificate from Sorgles. It is 412-922-1020. 412-922-1020. Here they are, ladies and gentlemen, from triblive.com and Everybody Gardens, Doug Oster and Jessica Wallace. Good, Good morning. morning. I am Doug Oster from the Tribune Review and everybodygardens.com. And I'm horticulturist Jessica Wallace. And we have an exciting day today because I saw on Facebook last week that you actually got a hard copy of your book and it's here and it's absolutely beautiful. What is the name of this new amazing book? And I love that it's hardcover and it's huge. It's got, it's just filled with, I was just looking through it. I was just like, all the pictures, all the projects, all the words that have to be right. All you just kept saying was, wow, that was a lot of work. That was a lot of work. That was a lot of work. (laughs) Well, it's called Container Gardening Complete. And uh, it was it's scheduled for release on December 12th, but Amazon is already shipping. Um, I know they have them at Targets and, uh, let's see, Barnes & Noble and Walmart. And also you can get a signed copy from my website, jessicawallister.com. And it is everything, absolutely everything you need to know about gardening in containers, whether you're a first-time homebuyer trying this, you know, want to grow a tomato in a pot, or you're a long-time gardener and you want to try something a little more interesting and involved like growing kiwi vines in a pot. So we got everything you need in there from what do you fill it with to what do you grow in it and how do you care for it. And then even how do you see certain plants through the winter in your container garden like tropical plants or bulbs or tubers and things like that. Um, seeing them through the winter as well. There's plant lists and charts in there. So it, uh, you know... Just dropping a little hint here that it would make a good Christmas gift. I like all the projects, all the projects, like turning your garbage cans into a container, turning milk crates into containers, turning bigger things into containers, uh, growing it up uh, uh, that uh, bicycle tires. That's cool. There's just a ton of stuff in there. Thanks. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty much my my project all last summer was doing the photography and setting up the projects and everything. And then. And the writing was last winter, and then here we are, finally. You know, it's one of those things, and you know this, Doug, with books. I mean, they just, they are forever to see it to fruition, you know? Yeah, and then you have to go through the edits and the, the cover design and all this kind of stuff. But I I was 
thrilled. I took a Facebook video, a uh, live video of me opening the package when it arrived at my house, and I'm just super, super happy. Well, so, you yeah. you didn't take the video. Let's give credit where well, credit's due. Well, my mom. Too. My mom was in town for my son's musical. And, and she was the one that filmed it for me. So thanks, Mom, for that. But yeah, so container gardening complete. If you're interested in container gardening or you know someone who is. Hey, we were talking yesterday on, of all shows, Pittsburgh Property Diva about what's happening at Phipps during the holidays. And I thought you two might want to jump in and give them a little love. Yeah, actually, I was out there Friday doing some video of the uh, lights there at night. The Winter Flower Show is amazing. It's become amazingly popular. You know, you now you need time tickets on the weekend. It's uh, a great place to take your yeah, family. Yeah, I mean, you so know, fun. That, that is such a great place for kids. Those nighttime lights that they they're just uh, everything's unconventional. Mm-hmm. Not everything, but um, you know, just the weird shapes and cool. It's just it's just really nice. And I've got a video coming out uh, on KDKA at some point. I don't know what day they're running it, but all about the Winter Light Show. I spent the day with Jordan Molino, who's the exhibit coordinator there, and just looking through the show, it's it's really beautiful. The sunken garden they have like. A holiday table. A dining, I yeah. saw that. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's always oh, to to me. It always is sort of mind blowing when you go in there and see the design ideas because every year they have to make it different. It has to be fresh. It has to be you know something that holds people's interest. The kids are interested in, and it's always amazing to me to see uh, how many diverse ideas they come up with every year and and do it over and over again every year. And I was out at uh, Janoski's actually doing a video about poinsettias, which will run this coming Friday. And I tell you what, I just had the best time. They're they're expanding like unbelievably. Uh, one of the wonderful things is they've worked out something with like the some kind of land trust or something where that's always going to be a farm. Oh. Never can be a development. Yay! Yeah, which is yeah. so great. And I was talking to Mike about it, and he, he was just telling me how, you know, how long ago Sonny came came out there when when Sonny was with us and and created this whole thing. And I asked him, you know, because uh, I said when when do you think you're going to retire? And he's just like, never even thought about it. He goes, I'm just having too much fun. I just love what I do. And he just loves growing things. Just to, you know, just sit there in the greenhouse and just talk question after question I had for him about what were you growing? How did it go? Uh, you know, how was your season? And all the different things. Uh, there was actually a guy there that sells like seeds commercially. And so talking to him about the difference between that and uh, selling to, you know, to us, it's just uh, oh, it's just just great. And if you want want to want a poinsettia, I'll tell you what, that's the place to go. Walking into the greenhouse yeah. is just a big giant ocean of them. I yep. mean, if you weren't in the holiday spirit before you walk into that place, you're gonna leave with jingle bells on your uh, on your body because it just makes you so happy to walk in there. Uh, yeah, so that's beautiful. what that's what happened. I left with jingle, jingle bells all bells over your body, over right? You just get happy. Body. Okay, that just yes. means you're happy and oh, excited. Okay. Yes, it does. Oh my goodness. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Speaking of Jingle Bells, here's Rob. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, listen, we are going to take a break, but we would like to congratulate Shirley Carver of Bridgeville. Uh, she is the winner of that uh, $25 gift certificate uh, from Sorgles. Even though we love Janoski's and Sorgles, all of the folks that are on this show, let's just talk about them as we go to break. Go ahead. Well, you know, we talked about, you know, buying local on, on, on Saturday, and then I know that you went up uh, and got your Christmas tree where you, all, you guys always go. We always go up to Danbaz Lake Forest, and we went on Monday morning, and we were one of the first few people there. So we had almost the whole field to ourselves with just one other family. 
and uh and it was so nice and they were so kind we we came back uh with the tree you know you you take the uh hay uh wagon, wagon out to the come back with the tree and everybody's just so nice and sweet and even that early in the morning it was just so lovely such a great place to go cut down your tree and then i, I heard that they could just hear from over the other hill that your husband just uh cursing as he was cutting no the tree. we had a nice sharp saw he cut it down like <laughs> split the tree this yeah, that brings back holiday memories. Uh, yes, those were the good old <laughs> my, days. My dad, you know, putting the tree and firmly placing it where it needs to be in the stand, and each and every time he would go left or right, he would take a shot of Crown Royal. I mean, are, this <laughs> now tre- that's Christmas. <laughs> that is Christmas. <laughs> this tree holder that I grew up with was from like the '40s, and I swear it was about three inches around. My dad used to have to go out there with an axe. He whittled down the yeah, tree. Yeah, whittled down the tree every year. <laughs> oh, my and, gosh. Oh, it I'll was never just... forget. I said, I can't believe J&L still made that many tree stands that year. <laughs> <laughs> it's an inside joke, but I think people who had fathers that worked in a mill will understand. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Well, today's the day. I, I heard that the gardening Santa is going to be at Han. Santa Claus is coming to Han. Today, Tuesday from 2 to 4. It's amazing how he, with his busy schedule, he would find time to go to that little wonderful place. Well, you know Santa. He he just loves the kids. It's absolutely free. There are lots of treats. Rarely a line, and Santa is very patient. If the kids come in and they're a little afraid of Santa, they can walk around the nursery for a little bit. They can watch what Santa does. Santa will take it down a notch. He won't be doing the big, giant ho-ho-ho in your face. It's ringing bells in your ears. And uh, it's for kids, adults, families, and pets. You could all come and get a picture. Very laid back. Today, Han Nursery, 2 to 4. One more real quick thing to talk about. If you were thinking about coming to Ireland with me this June, it is almost sold out. Uh, We're going all over the country, seeing lots of gardens, but lots of other sites, too. Um, East to west, we're going to be all over Ireland, as I said, it's almost sold out. We're going to Dublin. We're going uh, to Limerick, the Cliffs of Moher, all over. If you're interested, just look at my Facebook page, or I have something posted at everybodygardens.com, or just give me a call, 412-965-3278. That's 412-965-3278. All right, let's talk gardening. And I'll be in an Irish pub in Carnegie later today if people would like to join me. (laughs) How do you do all that stuff? Let's go to John. John in Bethel Park. John, how you doing? Hey, John. John. John, you there? No. Let's go to Kay in the North Hills. Kay, how are you? Good morning. I'm fine, thank you. Okay, nice Um, to hear from you again. (laughs) Last week you were talking about uh, trying to do something about the deer. Yes. Mm -hmm. I have uh, something that I've done a number of years, and it has worked. Um, I have a four-foot fence around my squash garden, and it's adjacent to my seven-foot fence, just a little, they're just small gardens. But I took a string, and I, I strung it all around the garden, about three feet higher than my four-foot fence, because they were getting in there. And then I, I cut strips of uh, an old sheet, 18 inches long and an inch wide, and I hung it from the, the string. Deer don't like movement. They're real skittery. So I have, so they flutter. I put them about a foot apart, and it's kept them out of there. It works quite well, and it's, it's not like pie pans that bang around. You know, it's just 
very quiet, fluttery. I, they also were eating my um, my damson plum tree and eating the plums off. Oh, so I hung some streamers on there, too, and it, it kept them away. Mm. That's great. It, you know, it, in, my, it, in my vegetable garden, again, I'm, I'm fenced at picket level and then have some taller 4x4s. And one of those uh, picket fence things fell when I was gone. And so the deer got in, so they figured that finally they figured out what was in there. Mm-hmm. And I kind of did the same thing where I took really thick fishing line and ran it up every 12 inches. Mm-hmm. And I put just kind of some little, oh, what do you, I don't know, not streamers, but uh, like, like kind of ribbon. Strings. Kind of like a okay. shiny ribbon. Yeah. Same sort of idea. And that, yeah. that, that has kept them out. Yeah. Yeah. It, it were, I've done it for about four years now. I mean, everything's kind of fluttery. Yeah, what is, like like? It. what is it like? What is it like in your garden? Too, what is it? So they they stay away from that area. What is it like in your garden though to see the deer being you know flying all around fluttery like that though? That's what I don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's just a don't even way to get them away. There you go. Don't even acknowledge it with an answer, Kay. <laughs> that, thanks, thanks, Kay. Appreciate your input. That's excellent advice. It's funny because uh, you know as she's talking about that, I we have been talking about doing that around our vegetable garden, but it's in such a visible place, and I want to make sure whatever I do there. Is going to be sort of semi-attractive because it's right there next to the patio. I wonder if maybe the fishing line would work without the streamer. Right. but And we also talked about, because our whole backyard, now it's big, but the whole backyard, I don't know whatever that part of the yard is, acre, acre and a half, is all fenced in with a triple layer split rail fence. So we could extend those poles up too, maybe do it around the. But that would be an expensive how, proposition. How but tall we is could. it? It's, we could. It's seven foot tall, right? You're, you're... No, no. The oh. stockade that's right up by the house is is like six and a half or seven feet. But the triple layer split rail around the outside Oof. is uh, only about, I don't know, whatever that is, four feet or four and a half feet high. So it's that that they're jumping over. So I'd almost have to, to keep them everywhere out of the backyard, I'd have to extend the height of that entire fence, which would be a really expensive proposition. Either that or put another type of fence, not all the way to the end, right. you know, with a gate or something right, like that. Right, right, right. Because people do double fences too, right? Because deer don't like, they can't, if you put two fences, you know, like five, six feet apart, even if they're low fences, they can't jump that distance and over, you know, that both of those fences. But again, an expensive proposition. Yeah, I ran into that. actually somebody at Phipps, uh, and surprisingly, we started talking about garlic. But he was saying that <laughs> he had uh, put a fence in, and he had it like leaned in towards the garden. And so his neighbors were just like, "Hey, you need a level." And he goes, "No, no, no. I did that on purpose to oh. stop the deer. They won't, you know, they won't jump in that way. It, it confuses them. But it's still." pretty tall okay so uh, everybody has a different way to deal with yeah the, the so deer. it's almost like uh like a fort ligonier right how they have the yeah. things set in yep. at an yep. angle yep. that's interesting yeah. i haven't heard about that one before and huh. uh one of my deer issues i think has been taken care of because my son showed me a phone on a picture on his phone he said uh one of my friends uh found a deer at hunting season near your house <laughs> and it's the big but one of the biggest of the two bucks that have been running so it's now cheeseburgers yes okay yes so we'll see what happens to the other the other buck but hey listen you helped raise that thing so you should get some of those cheeseburgers you fed it right well he knows i'll have to have him text the guy there and say, go. yeah i don't want cheeseburgers i want steak <laughs> there you go deer's like this guy sure looks hungry he should save some of this food for himself <laughs> <laughs> The number to dial to be on the program, 866-391-1020. Anything before we 
return to the phone line. Well, just that there, we're, we're right at the very end of the season here. I see that it's going to get cold again. I know for normal people you might be over, but did you get your bulbs planted? No. I no. still have some to plant, too. Let's go. Okay, I know. You got they will, about, they will you got be a couple in this days. Week. We had a crazy week last week at ha- our house, so this will be the week that those uh, bulbs are going I didn't give in. those bulbs. I, I did not give you those bulbs to, for them just uh, to sit uh, around, young lady. Listen, Dad, <laughs> I will get them in, I promise. All right. I'm not, I don't want to lie to you and say that I did it when I didn't. Uh, I gave yeah. a plant to somebody over at uh, KDK-TV, a uh, on-air personality whose name I won't uh, reveal, and I, and I was sitting there talking to her. I oh, said, come on, you? reveal it. It was Heather Abraham. Okay. And so I said, uh, oh, Heather, did you plant that? And she looks at me and looks away and says, and real quick, oh, yeah, I planted it. And I said, you should not play poker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe you busted me. I said, get it in the ground. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, I think we should go to the phones. We're going to do that. But before we do, this text message has been sitting there for a few moments. Coffee grounds good for my garden. Uh, if you put them in the compost pile, yes. Uh, you can mix them up. They're actually a great uh, nitrogen source for the compost pile. So you can mix them up with other ingredients in that uh, pile and let them rot down in the compost, and they'll be great addition. You know, I tell garden. this story all the time, but when I worked uh, in Youngstown, they had an old-style coffee machine, mm-hmm. and a woman would come once a week and take this giant garbage bag of grounds with her and just throw them in the trash. And so I convinced her just to leave it for me. And everybody just thought it was the weirdest and strangest thing. But now, you if you if you want coffee grounds, you just go to Starbucks and they'll give you some. That's exactly right. And yeah, but really important to mix it in with the compost. Don't yeah. just throw it out there on your on your plants. And people, you know, that's that's a very common question. People want to do that. All right, eight six six three nine one ten twenty. Of course, Dollar Bank Instant Access KDK.com. Let's go to Rudy in the North Hills. Hey, Rudy. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, and happy holidays to all of you. Happy holidays. What's on your mind? I have a question about uh, when's the best time to start cuttings from a New Guinea impatient? I'm, I'm wintering a, a large one over, and uh, but I want to start some other ones. And I was wondering when's the best time to start that, and when's the best time to start pepper plants from seed? Gotcha. Okay, so for the New Guinea impatience, I would wait until the days start to get longer again. So once we've passed that shortest day of the season, days start to lengthen a little bit. Well, January, that's only a few weeks right? Down yeah. The road. Yep. Into January, I would say it would be fine to do it. They are um, not not really difficult to root, but what happens a lot of times is because their stems are so fleshy and thick, they can actually rot before they develop the stem. So make sure that you use rooting hormone when you take those cuttings. That will help speed that rooting process. And be, okay. be real careful that the soil that you choose, like the potting soil you choose, is very well draining. Um, obviously, when you take cuttings, that soil has to stay constantly moist, but you never let it want it sit saturated because they are one of those ones that are prone to rot and botrytis and things like that. So I, I mm-hmm. love I love to do my cuttings in vermiculite. Now everybody does their cuttings differently. People use see plant- vermiculite dries out too quickly for me with cutting unless you have a misting system. Like it's super hard to I, keep that. Well, the wet. way I like to do it is I get that vermiculite moist. Put it in, you know, whatever kind of container I'm going to use. Take my cuttings, and then they're covered in plastic. And usually with something like Impatience, I have pretty good luck. But, again, everybody does it differently. Like you said, you know, that might dry out too much. But mm-hmm. I like it because it, it's it's not going to be the opposite. It's, they're not going to rot in there. Right, right. So, like I said, you know, just any any garden job, there's always a hundred different ways to do it. If it works for you, it's right. And you can – that's the other thing about cuttings, right? So if you have this mother plant, you're going to get – 
probably a dozen or more cuttings if it's a nice big sized plant. So you can do a few of them in each different style, you know, so that you can see which ones will, will work the most effectively and get the best success rate because not every cutting is going to take. Um, that's just sort of the way that it goes. And then you can remember, write it down for the next year so that you, you know, know what, what worked the best. And for me, for pepper plants from seed, I like to start about the third week of March. When do you like to start yours? I usually start my peppers a little bit earlier, and here's why. Because we keep our house a little bit cooler, and, um, you know, we do use a heat mat because peppers like really warm soil to germinate. So I will actually do my peppers close to the end of February. They're one of the earliest seeds that I do. I think that heat mat is is critical in with peppers yep. to get that. It, otherwise, the, the especially when you have a cooler house. I thought I was cheap. I keep mine at 68. Yours is like, what, 52? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's actually warmer than 68. But where I start my <laughs> seeds... It, under the grow light system is in the basement, and so that's colder down, much colder down 68 there. 68's when I'm in, in charge of the thermostat. When she's in charge of the thermostat, it's cooler. Really? So, yeah, oh, she geez. likes it cool. No, those heat mats are—do you have those heat mats uh, already? Do you own one of those? Uh, no. Okay. I'm, I'm going to just start these. The, uh, it's a variety called Ancient. It comes from Canada, mm. and it's a very long, red, sweet pepper, and when, they're, when they turn red, they're absolutely delicious. Wow. Oh, that nice. sounds great. Uh, now, do you have lights? You're going to need a light source. Uh, just, I'm just going to use daylight. Um, and where, I, where my uh, window is positioned, it's, uh, it gets a full day sun. Okay. Well, if you're so. going to do it, uh, be aware that the seedlings are probably going to get lanky. Even in a full light window like that, a lot of times they will get really leggy. So make sure mm -hmm. that you regularly turn the, the plants so that they're not all kind of arching towards one direction. So every few yeah. days, you know, flip the flat 90 yeah. degrees so that you can keep them equally. I grew them from seed last year, but I, I waited uh, a little bit uh, late in the season. Mm -hmm. Uh, but they, they turned out beautiful. But uh, the peppers came very late. Yeah. But they're delicious. Yeah. Rudy, let's, I'm just going to, you know, again, there's lots of different ways to do this. I've seen it done with window light. In t today's day and age, when you can find a little easy to put together light system, I, w I would just, I think you're going to be mm -hmm. happier with some uh, added light there just to make those, especially starting them early, make them nice and stocky. And mm -hmm. growing strong uh, under a light, that's just that's just the way I would do it. Plus, it's something great to and add I, to your Christmas list, right? I grew these in uh, two-gallon containers, nice. and I used a combination uh, mix of uh, my own compost and a potting soil mix, and uh, they grew to about three and a half feet high. Wow. I did actually caged them. Perfect. That's great. And, uh, good. They can't yeah, they're away. beautiful. Yeah. Uh, how did you find Ancient? How did you discover that variety? I... I, I found them. Uh, ironically, they were at Coombs Market, ah. and I, I bought I bought some of them. And my wife and I we enjoyed them so much. So I saved the seeds from them, and I had the seeds here about two years. And uh, I decided to give them a try again because I hadn't found the the peppers anywhere. Yeah. Well, you were lucky that they came true from yeah. seed because yeah. yes. a lot of yes. the peppers that you find in the grocery store are hybrids. And so if you save the seeds from them, you're probably not going to end up with a daughter plant that looks anything like the mother plant. So you got lucky uh -huh. with that yeah. being an older variety. Good for yes, you. You got, you got it going on there, Rudy. Glad to hear. All right. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Going to get right back to your calls in a moment. Congratulations to Maria. Won herself that gift certificate to Janoski's. Good morning.
That time again for Mrs. Know It All. That's Denise Schreiber, Greenhouse Manager for Allegheny County Parks. Oh, and I'm here. Uh, usually you say something, Doug. Yeah, so, I was waiting um, for him to say it, too. <laughs> how, are, how are you this morning, Denise? I'm great, and how are you? So, right. at any rate, you're talking about doing cuttings, and I just finished an article for the magazine on propagation. And I really like to use perlite. So it's really easy. You can take one of those, like, really cheapy aluminum disposable pans, not the one you get for the turkey unless you're doing a lot of ones, but the smaller ones, poke a bunch of holes in them, and then fill it with uh, perlite, wash it down so there's nice and moist, and you can take a pencil or a dibble and just poke holes in there for your cutting. But when you do your cuttings, people kind of get a little ambitious with the uh, rooting hormone. And you only need to tap out a little bit on a little piece of paper and just put the fresh cut end. You don't wrap it around the entire stem. You're just wasting it. And a lot of times it comes in an envelope. So you don't want to be putting the cutting into the envelope because then you're contaminating it. And there's another product that you can buy called Dip and Grow. And that you put into like a little souffle cup, you know, one of those little disposable bathroom cups. And you can put it in there and then put your cutting in there. And that will cause uh, roots to form along the stem. But it's totally different than the uh, typical powdered rooting hormone. But I don't even cover mine with plastic. I just simply water them every day with the water drain because the perlite is so porous, it holds moisture in there. You might think it's dry, but there's actually a lot of moisture in there, and there's less chance of rot. That's excellent advice. Thank you very much. And as Doug always said, there's a hundred different ways to do things. But I know in the greenhouse I used to work in way back when, uh, we used perlite to do all of our poinsettia cuttings. What's and the other difference between like perlite that. and vermiculite? Uh, they're two complete. They're both a rock product or a mineral product that's expanded with heat, but their composition is completely different. I guess I use the vermiculite because it's easy to find. Yeah, yeah. The perlite is the more of the um, little white. They look like little pieces of styrofoam ball. And then the um, vermiculite is sort of more, uh, I don't want to say powdery because it's not powdery. Yeah, flaky. That's a good way to think of it. So, yeah, they're just completely different Man, I know all about flaky. Yes, you do. Let's say hi now (laughs) to uh, Grace in Moon Township. Hey, Grace, good morning. Good morning. I have a question about a gardenia plant. I had it out all summer, and I got white bugs on it, and um, I wanted to, I've brought it in, and I still can't get rid of these bugs, and it, I think it's going to kill the plant. Yeah, it is really difficult when you move a plant back indoors uh, after summering it outside, and you bring it in. It might only have one or two pests when you bring it in, but boy, they love the warm temperatures of the house, and then all of a sudden you have this massive outbreak to control. Yes. Yeah. Are, are the insects that you're finding on that gardenia are they fuzzy and white yes. do they fly yes. what do they what do they look like they're fuzzy and white like you mentioned they're okay. round okay and they don't fly at all right no okay so they're probably mealybugs um and they're they're quite common uh for a houseplant pest as well so what they're actually it's time consuming to get rid of them but the easiest way to get rid of them is to just take a uh, cotton ball and soak it in a little bit of uh, rubbing alcohol and literally wipe them off of the plants you can do the undersides of the leaves along the stems if you can do that 
Um, that will definitely cut down on the numbers. And then about 10 days later, you do that again. And that usually brings very good control. Well, thank you. That's wonderful to know. Other suggestions for keeping that gardenia happy inside? Uh, yeah, gardenias are really <laughs> difficult. Have you had this plant for a number of years, or is it a new one? It was a new plant this summer. Yeah, so gardenias are notoriously tough uh, to overwinter. You need to make sure that you have a bright location that's not in direct sun, but really nice and bright for it. Uh, they like as much light as possible with that. Consistently moist. Don't let it get super dry between waterings, but also don't let it be overly moist. Don't keep any water in the saucer in the bottom. It needs to, you know, make sure it's not sitting in any standing water because those roots will rot. Thank you very okay. much. Thank you. Good luck. All right. Let's say hi to uh, Anna. Hey, Anna, how you doing? Good morning. Good morning. I have a question about an orchid plant. I've had it for three years. It has two. When I got it, it had two stalks with many blooms on it. Now, it's just growing leaves. You and me both, kid. <laughs> you know, I remember when I talked to talked to somebody from the orchid society. There was some point where she just said, "You've got to fertilize it weekly, weekly." Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and this is critical in the summer months. You can take it outside and have it in the garden in a shady spot, or you can have it inside all summer long, but you have got to fertilize it all summer, weekly, weekly. That's a good way to say it. A liquid fertilizer, half strength. Right. So weak dilution of that fertilizer on a weekly basis. And do not overwater. Do not overwater and do not underwater either. So it is, uh, it's an art form to get an orchid to rebloom. And I've had success with it. And I've also had plants for five, eight years that have never produced another bloom. But that summer fertilization program is definitely the trick to in improving your chances. Hey, John, go ahead. You're the last call of the day on KDK's Organic Gardens. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. I have a question about dividing my dahlias. In uh, previous years when I dug them up, they would have expanded, put on a couple of extra little bulby things. Um, but this year, I started them indoors, and then, of course, we had that really long uh, growing season. So I think they probably had two more months of growing. And when I dug up them up, some of them had as many as 12, 15, 20 Great. new I'm trying. What do, what do I do with these things? Welcome to the wonderful world of dahlias. They always make more. <laughs> yes. Uh, I like to split them up now. Jess likes to split them up in the uh, spring. Uh, you know, if you have room, you can store them all. If not, just take the biggest ones and, you know, the little ones go into the compost. They're fun to share with people if you can winter them over. And then next year, you could just give away these tubers, start them up and give them away. It's always always problematic with dahlias and cannas and things yeah. like that that, that expand like and that. And I like to divide them in the spring because they sort of start to sprout in the box. And when I take them out of the box, you can see where those little eyes or buds are developing on the tuber. And as long as each separate tuber, as long as it has one of those eyes growing, you can separate it from the rest of them and grow that as its own plant. It's funny how we know how we deal with dahlias. I you know, do it totally I, different yeah, than I, know, I do it. I, I know yeah. that she cuts them up in the spring. Spring and she knows that I cut them up in the fall. We'll be back. Well, I had a nice day yesterday. I actually put in about 80 bulbs uh, at my son's house, so I'm just excited to see what they're going to 
think when they see all these mixed daffodils come up right by the front door. Did they know that you were doing it? Oh, yeah, You didn't yeah. tell them what you were putting in and what it would turn I out to be. I actually texted my son, and, and I said, well, we'll do the bulbs. And he sent me a message back saying, well, can you help me put these up? And he had, like, you know, 20 boxes of Christmas lights. And I was like, oh, gosh. Did you say, did you help me put the lights up when you were a kid? I showed up, and they, you... were, they were already up on the house. Oh, nice. <laughs> and he was just wrapping a tree, and I'm like, I'll plant the bulbs. You've got good timing, right? <laughs> I'll get the bulbs in, no problem. Oh, man, but I'll tell you what, just... That ball bogger, man, that makes all the difference in the world. And I got a new drill. Uh, I was talking uh, at my video. I did a, a little thing about my local hardware store, Hastings Hardware. And, oh, man, 20-volt drill, that thing could put in hundreds of bulbs in a very short time. You know, there's still time if you could find something at a nursery. If you were so inclined you wanted to go out today and plant, uh, you could get those bulbs in. It's becoming a lost art. You know, people just don't want to do it. I was so excited when I had those extra bulbs, and you said, yeah, I'll take them. I'll plant them, uh, especially like daffodils. Nothing's going to eat a daffodil. Right. And so it's just to get those in. I, I, I have probably, I don't know, 200 left. It won't take long. I've got them sitting there in the woodlands where I want them. And, and it's one of those investments, a little bit of investment in time now. But literally for generations, those bulbs will return to the garden every year, which is what makes them so great. <laughs> Definitely. Remember, the organic gardeners always aim to create a better place to garden and a safer place to live. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.